if it was the solar system, income is the sun. Everything revolves around it, right? Like it's going to tell me the whole story of what I can and can't do. And if that number is not accurate, it's not going to work. And I actually tell clients, they get their income wrong all the time on the application. Like because, just because they're not, you know, do mortgages for a living. They don't know. And they also don't know how lenders would look at it versus, you know, how they look at it, right? How they- Half the time, they don't even know how they're paid. Like, you know, my wife's a teacher, so I can make this joke. Like, teachers will put in their salary and they're off by like five grand. Like, we didn't even realize. Like, you're a teacher, like, it couldn't be any more basic than that. Like, it's right on your pay stub, what your annual salary is. <laughs> but if I'm off by five grand, that's, you know, probably off by 25 grand in mortgage. Like, right. We got to be careful. The most inspiring stories from today's most successful mortgage brokers. Join your host, Scott Peckford, on I Love Mortgage Brokering. Hey, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. Today is part two of my conversation with Jim Steffler. If you haven't listened, go back and have a listen. We talk about how, what he did in his first year as a rookie and funded 73 mortgages, which is amazing. In this episode, I'm going to talk about how he did 205 mortgages last year with one assistant. And so I always love when people can do you know, high volume with a small team because it shows they have some efficiencies baked into their business. And so I think you're going to find this insightful as well as inspiring. Also, before we jump into this episode, I want to give a shout out to our title sponsor, Finmo. Finmo is a Canadian mortgage application, document collections, submission platform. It's got some cool features. One, clients can upload their documents securely into your portal. You can review them, give them a thumbs up or thumbs down if it works or doesn't. Also, they've got smart submission notes. So when you go to hit submit to a lender, it's actually going to pull key data from the application to make it easy for your lender. Because if you've ever seen what lenders see on their side, and of course, there's lots of different lenders, it all looks different. There is no one way they do it. So check out lendesk.com slash Finmo. Check out the second part of my conversation with Jim. Hey, Jim, welcome back to the show. Thanks. Thanks, Scott. Hey, so if you have been listening in our previous episode, Jim and I talk about how he built his business very rapidly to 73 mortgages in his first year by doing the basics. And the thing about getting the referrals is if you don't have a good process, you're going to be a one and done. So what I'd like to ask you about, Jim, is walk me through your loan process. What kind of things do you track? You know, because there's obviously you're delivering well or you would not be getting repeat referrals. So maybe yeah. start with that. So I think what do I track is interesting. I track everything. <laughs> like I'm very close to tracking my bathroom breaks at this point. I'm a big fan of tracking. So the main thing I track is leads and where I get them. Because I always view it through the lens that if you get the leads, the deals are going to come. So, you know, for example, even early going this year, I know I'm not the only one which felt this way. The start of the year, January, February, March felt a little slow, I think, for lots of people. I actually, like jokingly, Scott, I called it high school dating. Like lots of activity, very little action. <laughs> that's, 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 that's what it was like in my high school. Yeah. but i could see the leads were still coming your high school dating sounds like mine yeah yeah it wasn't very successful i wasn't as good at sales back then i could see the leads still coming so i knew that's eh, a matter of time this is gonna pop and i'm gonna be all right and my june ended up being the best june ever came out of nowhere right but i could see the leads that went into that so i think it's really important i track my leads can't stress enough you want to track where you get those leads from so you can kind of keep an eye on, you know, am I getting them from Instagram? Am I getting them from Facebook? Kind of which one of those is working better for me? My family and friends, are they reaching out? Am I getting lots of leads through that circle? Because maybe it's time I send out an email blast there. Am I getting lots of client leads? Are they doing referrals? Hey, maybe it's time I kind of touch base with there and maybe ask them for some business. So I think that's really important because I think that's the lifeblood of whatever comes next. I track what my realtor partners send me to in terms of leads, in terms of what funds. I think that's super important because if I haven't gotten a lead from someone in a while or 
that's an opportunity to reach out, right? To try and give them a nudge. Or if I notice a big drop off, again, that's a chance to give a nudge. Or sometimes to really reward the people, which are good to me, right? Like, hey, this person sent me right. 10 months for you. So you track the leads. And so what details are you tracking? So you obviously, you said you use a spreadsheet. So then if it's like name, referred by Bob, the realtor, what other stuff would you track? In yeah, that? I track what brokerages they're with, right? So they tend to hop around a little bit. So I kind of try and keep track of wherever the heck they're they are. I track what team they're part of too. That's important. And then just the basic kind of, you know, what am I getting from them in terms of leads? What's funding? Because that tells you about the quality of the lead. And that actually yeah, tells yeah. Some people can send you lots, but it's garbage. Right, 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 right. And by the way, I'll take the hot garbage. You know, because, hey, every once in a while, I remember I had one realtor. She sent me like 40 leads. I think we we're up over 40. We we're like over 40. And then three in a row connected. So, hey, I don't know. She figured it out. So, you know, you never know. Yeah, to she me, obviously was having trouble with those leads too. So it's probably not like those 30, 40 other people funded mortgages, funded, you know, with no. else, probably didn't go anywhere. No, so that's okay. I also track too, if I send, you know, our opportunities to send realtors leads is limited. And I think you got to be honest with the realtors about that. That's why I said a realtor. You probably need a great mortgage broker. You probably need a couple solid bank contacts, you know, maybe an RBC contact, maybe a CIBC contact. That's about it. You're probably fine with the three you got. If I stuck with three realtors, you know, I'm never eating. Like we'd be done. Right. Like, there's no way I could make a living doing that. So I'm going to need like 25, I'm going to need 50 realtors that like me. Right. Because of that dynamic and because you know, I joke with clients like jump in a bathing suit with no swim trunks and then realize they need it. So they usually reach out to the realtor first or sometimes they'll connect with the bank first. So very rarely do they come to us first. So I always set that stage that, hey, uh, if you're looking to do business with me because of leads, I'm the wrong guy for you. And based on my volume, if I can only give you very few leads, then there's probably not many mortgage brokers at all that can send you much of anything. So anybody telling you that they can send you lots of leads is probably being disingenuous or the quality of that lead's not going to be very good or they're sending it for, to like 10 different realtors because that's all they got. So I'm going to do my best. I send them a lead here and there. I track that too, just so I know I'm being a good partner too, if I have an opportunity. Right. We also talked about in that previous episode, the basics of like, you know, this idea of blocking and tackling. So yeah. in terms of communication, so what is your communication rhythm? You get a lead, how quickly do you reach out to the referral source and what's the frequency and how are you making sure you don't forget to do that? Because we can have these great ideas that kind of, I'm going to eat vegetables every day and exercise, but then they never do it. So it's the same thing with your process. So tell me about what you're doing there. Yeah, like I'm a little nuts on email. I'm an inbox zero guy. At the end of the day, I try and have everything yeah. responded to always. And then if emails are coming at night, if something's really important, of course you help out with it. But if it's not important, you can probably wait till the morning, but they're going to get a response yeah. to me right away. Leads, I try and respond to right away. I've created about, I don't know, I probably got at least 50 templates inside my Gmail right now. So there's all sorts of templates in there. So if a lead comes in, kind of my process is, I prefer it comes via email just from a tracking standpoint. If it comes in via email, I'll write them back. I'll thank the realtor. You know, I'll write the client, hey, Mr. Client, let's set up a time to talk. Here's access to my schedule. So I'm sure a lot of people have different systems for that. I use Calendly. I like Calendly a lot. So I'll give them, hey, here's where you can book an appointment with me. And then I'll also shoot them a text too. Say, hey, just sent me an email, Mr. Client. If I have the client phone number, hey, I just sent you an email, respond back with me. And just an introductory myself. And I send them my address too, so put it in the phone. Nice and easy. I kind of do a three strikes, you're out rule. So I'll follow up with them three times. Because the lead comes in at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Monday. When will your second and third follow up be? Yeah, usually it's five days is number two. And then I usually wait another seven days, number three. Because people ghost you, right? Like, I ghost all the time. 
that's just the name of the game. Like, who knows? It could be anything in their life. We always want to put a story in there. We have no idea what's happening. Like, no, I, emails are super nice. Like, the first one is like, hey, here's the steps. You know, if you want to set up a call with me, great. If you think you want a pre-approval right away, why don't we just get an application? I'll bug you for some documents and we'll take it from there. Kind of lays out two paths. If they don't write you back, people do the second one all the time, all the time. Right. So Most actually, people, before you even talk to them, they've already started filling out an app all the time. My guess is if they respond to me, 70% just do an application right away. And then how many of the docs would you typically have before that first call? What would they have sent you? Oh, my whole goal, Scott, is to be honest, before I get on the phone with them, I want to get all their income docs up front, get kind of the compliance stuff out of the way. If it was the solar system, income is the sun. Everything revolves around it, right? Like it's going to tell me the whole story of what I can and can't do. And if that number is not accurate, it's not going to work. And I actually tell clients, they get their income wrong all the time on the application. Like, because just because they're not, you know, do mortgages for a living. They don't know. And they also don't know how lenders would look at it versus, you know, how they look at it, right? How they- Half the time, they don't even know how they're paid. Like, you know, my wife's a teacher, so I can make this joke. Like, teachers will put in their salary and they're off by like five grand. Like, we didn't even realize. Like, a teacher, like, it couldn't be any more basic than that. Like, it's right on your pay stub, what your annual salary is. <laughs> But if I'm off by five grand, that's, you know, probably off by 25 grand in mortgage. Like, right. We got to be careful. This will make you laugh. I wanted a client. So she said she made 70 grand a year. And sure enough, her letter said she made seven grand. But she had told me just in passing, and it was the middle of summer. She goes, yeah, I got a big raise in January. They gave me, you know, a $20,000 raise. I went from 50 to 70. I was like, well, that's great. So I looked at her stub and just for fun, I ran it. I went, the stub was 60,000. And uh, sure enough, she got a raise. In the back end, HR put her down for 60 by accident in their back end system. And she just assumed she saw a little bump on her pay stub and went, all right, rest is taxes. I guess again. more taxes. Like she, they yeah. thought there was more time, right? Wow. So, you know, when we're doing her mortgage in August, she's getting a retro of $5,000 in salary back to her just because, you know, we looked at her pay stub. So my whole goal, though, like that's a little off topic. My goal is I really want to be efficient with my time. And, yeah. you know, either that intro call is like 15 minutes tops. Hey, what do you do for a living? Okay, I'm going to need this stock, this stock, this stock. Build a little trust with the clients. Tell them a little bit about mm -hmm. myself. Win them over. And then send them a follow-up. Hey, here's my application. Here's what documents I need. Send that all back to me and schedule a formal call and get you looked after. Just an efficient use of time. And then the leads that come in, how do you remember to follow up in day five and day seven, five days and mm -hmm. seven days later? What are you doing? Because again, right. when you get a quantity of leads... This can get missed. How are you doing that? Again, Google, big spreadsheet, big spreadsheet, client name, record what times I follow up. So imagine almost columns like, hey, here's my first follow up. Here's my second follow up. Right. By the way, that three strikes route, it's not a hard. Somebody writes me and says, hey, I want a vacation. Then I'll put a note in my notes. You're, to, like, you're out of here. You don't. Yeah, we'll bug you in the month. But, you know, my three strikes route is, hey, you're ghosting me. I'll try calling you on the phone if you don't pick up. If you don't call me back, you know, I get it because I think too, realtors dig for leads too. Maybe they find one online. Maybe they, who knows, right? How they got that lead. Maybe they met them at an open house and the person was only half serious, but gave their email and their phone number. Things happen, yeah. right? Right. So it's not always the case. Okay. Is there anything else that you do that helps you be efficient? You've got templates, you know, you prompt them to fill out applications up front. You get at least some of the main documents out of the way. Mm -hmm. Anything else that you do that you find that they book calendar links with you so that in your schedule, you can plan that. Anything else that you're doing that you think helps make your process run more efficiently? I think that's the basics. Can't stress enough. Like maybe I'm old school. For example, we got Velocity. There's great tools in there to keep you organized on files and all that kind of good stuff. But I'm a bit visual. If I have a spreadsheet, which, hey, these are my files, which I got commitments on. These are my pre-approved. These are kind of my leads. 
if I can visually see that, and as long as I take diligent notes when I talk to the client, I can keep up with it. I can't stress enough to you, like busy mortgage agent or mortgage broker, templates, they're godsend. Rather than writing the same things, you know, 50 times, you just have one template. Like I have templates, for example, that are, you know, hey, if a client asks me, he says, hey, well, you know, how does bridge financing work? I got a template which has the basics about bridge financing and I can just jazz it up. Hey, you know, like put in my little personal part. And then here's kind of the canned response. But the canned response doesn't sound canned. It sounds like it's coming from Pete. Because well, I just wrote it once. You just, you yeah. just, same question, you're just be answering it. So do you have any assistance or how much help do you have? Like one assistant, yeah. One assistant. What do they do for you? A lot of filing and retention, not client facing at all. So like filing, like collecting documents, labeling them, cleaning them up. Correct. Will they reach out because the documents are incorrect or they you know, upload one page of a T1? Will they say, hey, we need the extra docs? Because there's a lot of time can be spent on like fulfillment essentially, right? Yeah, I sick poor Jalala on that every time. So she's stuck doing that. You know, not everybody's tech savvy. Like I think, you know, my avatar for my kind of my ideal client is usually first time, second time home buyers. You know, I'm from Waterloo. Usually they're somewhat tech savvy or in the tech industry. But if I get like, for example, an older client, well, Jelana, she'll call them and do the initial application with them over the phone. So right. things like that. And then, so how many files did you do in 2022, if you don't mind me asking? Do you remember? I think it was, don't quote me 100%, I think it was 202, 203, I think. 203 files with one assistant. Is she full-time, part-time? Yeah, 89 million. She's full-time. She's full-time. Full-time assistant. And then from the leads that you get, in, what is your app to fund ratio, do you think? Like, so that's basically something you get an application from. And how many applications would you need to get to get 200 closings? So I've never tracked by the app. However, I can give you, I think I was 850 leads last year. So if I closed, you know, 200, that's about one in four and a half. Yes. And I would say 25% because half of them are not ready, not able. And then the other half are like maybe like, so that's- I would say fill out an application. Half fill out an application. 850 leads. And so when you first started out, it was tons of realtor business. Where are you finding now? So like in 2022, the 850 leads you got, where does the split of that business come from? Well, I'm still very realtor heavy. There's no doubt. Yeah. I'm still very, very realtor heavy. But kind of there's two segments which are split off. You get a lot of client leads now, which is great. Well, what a nice compliment that is. So a lot of clients be like, hey, Jim, meet my sister. And I got a bit of a CRM, a bit of a drip after the fact to kind of keep waving at them too, my past clients that they knew them around. By the way, I don't even try to be that annoying with that. Like I get farm your database. But I also, I always think it's weird when I get a zillion emails from like my previous realtors and stuff. Like I try and just touch them every once in a while. And again, it's more of an education piece with like a, hey, if you know anybody, I'll always help them out. Please send them my way. So there's that. So client-based referrals has really shifted for me. And then uh, this past year, Google has actually really helped me. I don't do any Google advertising, but I got a pretty strong amount of recommendations on Google, which has been great. So how many do you have on there? I think I'm up around 230 right now. So, okay, what is your process to get people to write your reviews? Because even if they love you, they usually got to remind them or prompt them. So what are you doing there? I take three stabs at it. The day they go broke or complete, I take a stab at it. So by the way, like you know, sometimes I'll say it in person usually. If I call them, I'll say, hey, I'd love a review just to be at time. But basically the email I send, I send the clients a message once they're broke. Like, hey, you know, it's a good natured one. It's like, hey, just don't do any nonsense, no sports cars, none of that stuff. Trying to have a little fun with it. But then at the end, it's like, hey, if the experience has been good, I'd love a Google review. And so I can let that because I figure they're overjoyed. No more Jim driving crazy for documents. Yeah, yeah no more chasing last documents. Yeah. So I don't do it in close a day. I used to. And then I figure people are way too busy. You're unpacking boxes and stuff. Forget yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. 
But I sent them a one-week follow-up. I hit them again there if they haven't done my Google review. It's just like, hey, how's it going? Everything okay? Hope you're settled, like that sort of thing. And then I kind of do a month and a half follow-up. So once their first mortgage payment's been taken, once they've probably set up their portal for their online stuff. So kind of just follow them there. And if they haven't done it again, I hit them one more time. And that's it. Three, and these three are all steps. email templates, I'm assuming, that you have. Yeah, you got so those three emails are the same. You may play a little bit with them, but you got it. And there's video attached to all. So there's a bomb bomb video that's attached to all three. So there's a personalized message in there too. Nice and easy. Sometimes I have a generic one too. So that sometimes I just send a generic one. Sometimes I throw on a personal one. Just depends. So you'll re-record one. Hey, Tom, whatever. It's great to meet you. Da, da, da. So dude, that's amazing. I mean, you really make it seem really simple. But again, the hard part is just the consistency. Every single day, get up. Okay, this is my last question on this topic. Yeah. Is it, were you always this consistent in every, or is this something you developed? God, no. No, no, no. This came over time. I view sales as kind of like two things. I think it's a people thing. It's connecting with people like, Genuinely connecting, by the way, not, yeah, I don't know. I never want to come across as smarmy or slimy. Like, and really, we're not selling anything. People come to us with a need, right? Like, it's just genuinely looking out. It sounds hokey, Scott, but I always tell clients, I say, listen, I only know one way to do the business. And if you were my family, you know, what the heck would I do if you came to me and said, hey, dude, let's do a mortgage? And this is what I'd recommend to you. But you're the boss. If you want to do something else, if you want to do a 10 year plan, Go for it. You're the boss. You do what suits you. But here's what I'll recommend just based on my experience. So there's that. But then I also, I kind of learned over the years, like the Best Buy Future Shop background, there's a bit of a process. There's steps. And I've tried to operationalize everything I do from kind of start to finish. I even experiment with templates, by the way. Like, you know, I remember in the early going, like this is just a stupid example, but when I'd send people the application link, they wouldn't put their spouse on it. If they were doing a cosign, they wouldn't put mom and dad on it. So mm -hmm. it, there was a hiccup. I jump on a call with them. Where's their spouse? Now we got to add the spouse in. You know, this has happened a few times. I can't remember the spouse's birthday. Oh my God. Now I get a consent for credit. Nightmare. So then I added a little piece, little in brackets, in red writing. Hey, all borrowers, please, on the application. That problem solved. So I'm constantly working. These yeah. But that, so you basically you see friction because that's friction for them. You got to call them up and right. go back and keep improving it. So. I think of your loan process as like a recipe for how you cook something and you have a recipe, but if it's not written down or documented, then like every day is a different day. And so what you need is having it mapped out, lets you make experiments and try, I'm going to try it. I'm going to add this and oh, great. It's going to remove that problem. Or you know. even I have, you know, let's say a client, once we get a commitment back, yay, you call the client to go over everything they need to give me. This email is super long. And <laughs> what I do is I just delete the different conditions, which they don't need to do like hey i need pay stubs if i don't need pay stubs i delete it but that form has gone through so much trial and error because you know there's easy questions you can answer like for example oftentimes we get the application signed right the application gets signed and clients used to always ask hey what's that 7.54 percent number what's that 5.25 it was the stress test right what is that so they'd ask a thousand times so now you know on that email i send the detailed email I have a little note. Hey, you're going to see the stress test on there. That's not your rate. Don't worry about it. Now that question's gone away. You use the term friction. That's a great term. I just try and make it seamless. I want the client at the end of the day to be like, well, that was pretty easy. Like that's always my goal is, hey, that was simple. I thought it'd be tougher. Right. Yeah, that's really good. Man, so where do people find you online? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram with all the kids. So Jim underscore Steph, where you find me there. I'm on Facebook, TikTok, I'm new on TikTok. So you can get in real early on that one if you want. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out, both of them, man. This has been a great conversation. Thanks for chatting with me and congrats on all your success. Yeah, thanks, Scott.
Hey, thanks again for listening. Hopefully you've been inspired. And again, if you didn't listen to the first episode, go back and have a listen. We talk about his rookie year and how he funded 73 mortgages. Hopefully you've got some inspiration from this. If you want more inspiration, go to ilovemortgagebrokering.com. You can set up a free power search account. Keyword search all of our past episodes and find every golden nugget that you can within there. You can search by name, you can search by topic, and it's extremely powerful. Not only does it jump you to those spots in the episodes, you can actually see the text so it gets transcribed. And so if somebody has a script or they say a phrase that you like, you can just copy and paste it and then put it right into your own business. Check that out. And thanks again for listening. And I will see you on the next show. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.